Let us pray together. Lord God, friend of those in need, your son Jesus has united our burdens and healed our spirits. We lift up the prayers of our hearts for those still burdened, those seeking healing, those in need within the church and the world. If someone is on your heart this morning that you are praying for, would you just speak their name out loud during this prayer? Hear our prayers, O Lord, that we may love you with our whole being and willingly share the concerns of our neighbors. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, grant in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true faith. Nourish us with all goodness. And bring forth in us the fruits of good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. It's so good to see so many of you this morning. I'm glad for those of you who are joining us online as well, we say hello to you. Well, we are a church gathering in many places right now here at Unity United Methodist Church, but also in homes uh, throughout our community. And with our online reach, we have had people joining us from all over the world in the last months. Uh, pretty amazing. So we welcome all of you this morning to worship. Our scripture passage this morning is Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. This was the one of the assigned texts in our lectionary this week, the lectionary is a collection of scripture passages assigned to preach for the giving week that helps churches to move through the Bible systematically in three years. Oh, every three years, we would uh, cover the whole breadth and width of scripture if we follow the lectionary. And Romans 12 was one of the assigned passages. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture that I come back to over and over and over because it helps me to know how to put my faith into action. If I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe in his commandments and who he has called me to be, then how do I live that out? How do I put my hands and my feet in motion with what my head and my heart believe? This passage helps us to do that. Hear the word of the Lord from Romans chapter 12. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to, one, to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic 
Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble. And devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone is equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, revenge belongs to me. I will pay it back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Love. Paul starts this passage. Love. Sounds an awful lot like Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourselves. Of course, that wasn't original to Jesus. Jesus is quoting Old Testament scriptures well known to God's people for probably 2,000 years before Jesus was born. And then Jesus added another command that you should love each other the same way that I loved you. Why is that a new command? It's not, it's the same command to love. The new part is that Jesus has shown us what love looks like. Love. Paul says that we should let no debt remain outstanding to other people except for the debt to love one another. Paul also says that if we love our neighbor as ourselves, we will fulfill all the law and the commandments. That it hangs on that one verse to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves. Love. I don't think there are many of us that disagree with that. The question is, what does it really look like to love someone? I don't know anybody, Christian or non-Christian, that will very readily admit that they don't love everybody. We think that's just core to who we are. Of course I love everybody. We're supposed to love everybody. The question is, what does that look like? 
How do we put that in action? If Jesus has commanded us to love, if we're supposed to love God with all that we are, and we're supposed to love our neighbor the same way that we love ourselves, if that is the kind of people we are commanded to be as Christians, then what does it mean, what does it look like to love one another? Perhaps we need a reminder in 2020 what it looks like to really love. Because it's easy to forget. I mean, we know we love everybody, but how do we act loving? How do we put our feet and our hands in motion to love well the way that Jesus did in the midst of a divided and difficult season in our lives? When there's so much disagreement, as we head into a a, a political election that is so heated on both sides, how do we love? How do we love in the midst of the pandemic and in the midst of the questions of what should be open and what shouldn't be? How do we love in the midst of all of this? So Paul starts with this. Love should be shown without pretending. Don't fake it, Paul says. It can be easy to fall into the peace of pretending like we love people, but we don't really love them the way that Jesus did. Paul says, don't fake it. Really love. How are you going to do that? You say, I don't have the capacity to do that. That the Holy Spirit, when he settles into your life, will give you every good thing that you need to love others the same way that Jesus does. And so the mark of us being transformed by the Spirit of God is that we will really love people without faking it, without pretending. How do we do that? Paul says that we should hate evil And hold on to what is good. Another translation says, cling to what is good. Hate evil, but cling to what is good. Like a person falling off of a cliff. And grabbing hold of that last handhold that will save their life. And they know they have to hold on until they are rescued. We are supposed to cling to everything that is good. Verse 21 in this passage, Paul says, Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. And in the next chapter, chapter 13, verse 10, Paul says that love does no harm to a neighbor. That's why turning from evil and clinging to what is good is so important to love without pretending. Because love does no harm to a neighbor. That's where love begins. That we do all that we can to not do harm to someone else. John Wesley is famous for saying that we should do all the good that we can to all the people we can in all the ways that we can forever so long as we can. That gets quoted a lot. But before John Wesley said that, he said something has to happen first. He says, first we begin 
by doing no harm. Doing no harm. When doctors pick up their medical practice, when they have completed their education and they are given the, uh, the approval to begin the practice of medicine, they speak what is called the Hippocratic Oath. A number of things as doctors that they promise, and you know what the first promise is? Do no harm. Loving without pretending, loving the way that Jesus loved, we begin by doing no harm to our neighbors, to others. In a world that is concerned with protecting our own rights, and your rights are important, but they do not cover the command, they do not override the command of Scripture to do no harm. Because we are to be people who love without pretending. Paul goes on and gives us some very practical suggestions on what this all looks like. Love each other like members of your own family. If you have grown up in a healthy family and you have experienced the reality of what family love looks like, and I know that wasn't the experience for all of us. If that wasn't your experience, imagine a healthy family loving each other well, caring for each other well. We are supposed to love others who aren't in our family with the same kind of love that we show to members who are in our family. Probably the most popular way to talk about the church is to talk about it as family. And for some of us, the love that we experience with fellow Christians is a deeper, more transforming love than what we experience in our own our own birth families. There's family in the family of God that is closer than blood. Love each other like members of your own family. Verse 10, be the best at showing honor to each other. Be the best at showing honor. Another translation says, honor one another above yourselves. You don't put yourself first. When you follow Jesus, it's not me above everybody else. We're called to outdo one another in showing honor. If there was an Olympic event for showing honor, for being the best at honoring other people, we as Christians are supposed to strive to win the gold medal for being the best at honoring other people. People who don't even know Jesus. People who aren't sure if the Bible is real. People who think our theology and our beliefs are crazy should look at us and say, I don't know about those Christians, but my word, do they honor other people so well? Because we should be the best at showing honor. Sometimes, in some places, 
Christians are more known for how they tear each other down than how they build each other up. And when we do that, we are going exactly against the Word of God. Some people think that they're protecting God's Word by tearing other people down. But when you are tearing other people down, you yourself are guilty of breaking the laws of God. Because we are supposed to be the best at honoring one another. That's why it's easy to talk about just love everybody. And it's hard to start talking about what that actually looks like. Because it's convicting. Meet the needs of God's people, Paul says. Because you are loving without pretending, you should be meeting the needs of other people. Seeing what their needs are and taking care of them when you can. Verse 15 says to be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. It's about putting other people's needs in your view and joining them in what they are feeling. It's living with empathy. Our world has lost the importance of this art of being empathetic, of feeling and acknowledging what other people are feeling. Another translation says rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. Where are the people of God? Where are the people who love like Jesus love? They are celebrating with those who are celebrating. And they are crying with those who are mourning. That's where God's people are who love without pretending. And don't think you're better than anyone else. In the climate in which we live in today, that's a challenge. But to acknowledge that every person, whether you agree with them or not, whether they follow Jesus or not, has been created in the image of God. And because the divine spark is alive in all people, we must remember that we're not better than anyone else. And if some of this sounds like it's hard to put into practice, Paul's just getting started. Because when we love without pretending, when we are transformed by the love of Jesus and we start to love other people the way that he loved, the way that he has commanded us to love, that that changes even the way that we engage our enemies. Well, I know you. You don't have any enemies because you love everybody. How do you treat those that you disagree with? How do you treat people that you think couldn't be any more wrong in what they're believing? This passage only comes up once every three years, so I'm just going to go for it. How How do you treat those who vote differently than you do? That's that's a challenge this year. 
How do you treat those who have done wrong to you? Who have hurt you? Jesus told us that we should even love our enemies. What does it mean to love our enemies? That means that all the stuff that I've just been taught, that I've just been talking about, isn't just shared with your family. It isn't just shared with your church. It's shared with those people who oppose you, who disagree with you, and even those who have wronged you. Here, Paul in verse 14, bless people who harass you. Now, he doesn't mean bless them out. I didn't know that phrase until I moved to North Carolina. I lived in Atlanta for seven years. That's not as southern as North Carolina. <laughs> and I learned how some of us, how some people out there, none of us, some people out there will bless people out. Well, that's not what he's talking about. He really means when people harass you, when they persecute you, when you oppose them, you should bless them. That you should work for good in their lives. This doesn't make any sense. How can we be people who live this way? Because we are loving without pretending. Because we have been transformed by a God who loved us when we didn't deserve it. And so we are to love others when they don't deserve it too. And that doesn't just mean that we think nicely about them. That means that we work to bring good into their lives. Verse 17, don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with other evil actions. I know we tell our kids two wrongs don't make a right. But when we grow up, We think we have to get back at those who've hurt us. That to not try and pay somebody back when they have done wrong to us is to somehow ignore the wrong or, or to say that it didn't hurt you or that it was okay that they did those things. No, that's not what any of that is. If someone has wronged you, if they have done evil towards you, what they did was wrong and the hurt is real but you refuse to pay them back because you have been transformed by a God who loved you even when you didn't deserve it. Verse 19, don't try to get revenge. Instead, trust, trust God to take care of things. What are we supposed to do to our enemies instead of paying them back the wrong that they've done us? Instead of trying to get revenge? Paul says we should meet their needs. And here this is Paul in the New Testament quoting passages from the Old Testament. Lest you think that God wasn't consistent in this teaching it says if your enemy is hungry Give them something to eat. 
And if your enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink. Meet the needs of your enemies. Bless them. Wish well for them. And then this great misunderstood part, in doing so you'll, hurt, you'll heap burning coals upon their heads. What in the world does that mean? I've heard people go to that passage and say, I'm going to be nice to my enemies because I hate them so much, I want them to burn with coals. And scripture says if I'm nice to them, that's what will happen. No, <laughs> we're missing the point of allowing Christ to transform us. Probably what this refers to is the practice of carrying ash as a symbol of repentance. That the best way for someone to see the error of their ways is to show them the love of God, to treat them with kindness and respect. And that will lead at least some of them to accept the reality of a God who loves them and to transform their life. Where, where do you struggle in this? I, I would be surprised if there is anybody here in this pavilion, in our yard, or watching online, who would say in these times in which we're living, I do all of this perfectly every day. God is at work in our lives, but he's not done with us yet. And you probably have an area where you still need to grow. Maybe you need to grow at showing honor to other people, honoring them above yourselves, becoming the best at showing honor. Maybe you need to do a better job of meeting the needs of other people, of taking your eyes off of your own problems and turning towards the problems of others and then doing something to help them. Maybe you need to do a better job of being happy, of celebrating with those who are celebrating, or, or maybe you need to do a better job of, of weeping, of crying, of joining in the morning with those who are sad, or maybe, maybe God is challenging you in the way that you treat people that you don't like very much. Those who oppose you, who harass you, who disagree with you, and even those who have wronged you. What should we do? Bless them. Refuse to pay them back. Stop seeking revenge. Instead, do good to them. Meet their needs. Why? Because we are the people who love without pretending. We are the people who have been transformed by the love of Christ. We are the people who have been commanded to love the way that Jesus loved. My prayer today is that he would help us to do that better. Because our world is desperate for the people of God to love without pretending. Oh Lord, in these divisive and difficult days in which we live, 
we can find it hard to love the way that you love and to serve the way that you served. Lord, we acknowledge today that you put others' needs above your own, that you loved those who were unlovely, that you washed the feet of those who were going to betray you, And that you have commanded us to love the way that you love. To wash one another's feet. To put others' needs above our own. And to even be people who would dare, through faith and hope, to love our enemies. Lord, this is hard for us. But we realize that our world desperately needs your people to love the way that you loved. So transform our hearts. Fill us with the hope and power of the Holy Spirit. That we can really love our neighbors the way that they need to be loved. That they would be cared for and would experience the transforming power of Jesus. And love, give us the hope and the faith to even love our enemies the way that you have loved us. We love because you loved us first. So help us to be people who in all things love without pretending. These things we dare to pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord, who loved us when we did not deserve it.